0: Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast ninety five. We are discussing a military tribute to the Greenbrier on the PGA Tour and the KLM Open on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of eighteen and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have Golf Betting System's European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good morning, Paul. Morning, Steve.
1: Nice to have some uh, PGA Tour action back oh, after it's been your a while, isn't
0: little... it? Oh, it's been such a long gap
1: after a whole two weeks
0: i just about managed to get everything switched over into the new system or in the new season before uh, basically you get what 10 days isn't it something something ridiculous
1: yeah. before it all starts once again
0: and they've extended the season even further with more of these uh, full series type events
1: hmm. yeah there's quite a few of them in there all the way up till uh, the third week of november so
0: well if you think about it usually we wouldn't have even made the tour championship yet.
1: no no that's right yeah yeah, you can tell from the NFL chatter on Twitter that uh, this is kind of the, the point we would have been on and around like now, isn't it? So, Absolutely.
0: So yeah. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. I am available at Bamford Golf. Look out for the Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've recorded both shows already. I will put a link to both shows in the description box of this podcast. The podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audioboom, Buzzsprout and YouTube. And now on Google Podcasts. Now, we're asking for two simple things from you guys. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. Secondly, if you are in the growing band of YouTube listeners, please subscribe and like the show. We haven't had a review on iTunes for quite a while, so please, if you're out there and you want to, take some time. And uh, if you do it in the next uh, week, I will read your review out at the start of next week's show. It is a quiet time of the golfing season. We understand mm. that. Right. You did well last week, didn't you? You, you did well enough. A, a, a hundred to one full each way place on Guido. Mi, is yeah. it Migliozzi?
1: Migliozzi. Yeah, he did well. He's, he's a talented lad, isn't he? Um, he had a real chance as well, I think. you know. He, he, I guess whenever you get a player who, who kind of finishes in that you know very close to the uh top at the end of the end of the four days you can always point to a, a hole or a couple of holes that uh, that made made or you know make or break or made or broke the uh the week and he was in a you know, really strong spot going into the back nine on Saturday until he until he missed a tiddler on the 10th the 10th, the 10th was a tough hole but missed a short one there and then Made a mess of the 11th, which was the par five that actually most of the players had been birding that day on Saturday. So to make a snowman there rather than a kind of a obligatory birdie was, uh, was a real dagger in the back at that point. And yeah. uh, four, four shots gone, five shot swing, yeah, yeah. It's you know, you're playing catch up from there. And to be fair, he started Sunday really well, He he's 400 for the first nine. And it's a funny old, uh, funny old course because. You look at it, and the front line was much shorter than the back line. Yet it didn't play particularly easier um, on either the front or the back, even though you got all of the pathway of the five pathways. What fives.
0: distance did it play in you?
1: Um, it played it to its, its full length, which is just under 7 6. So, but 3 3 on the front or thereabouts, and then 4 3 on the back. So it was you know, a massive differential between the two. But then you kind of look to see where your players are, and you, you know do you want them on the back nine, which is where all the par fives were, but they weren't, you know, none of them were, none of them were gimmies, and uh, you know, do you want them on the front nine, which is shorter, but then there were some trickier holes on there too, so so yeah, it was a good test for the players, um, he yeah, he came up a few short in the end, and he'd have had to have shot, what, 62, 63, I think, to make the playoff with Paul Casey in the end on Sunday, which, you know, for any player, that's a, it's a bit of a stretch, I guess. So, but yeah, settle for the uh, settle for the each way place, which uh, which ended up being a full place in the end because we got eight places uh, each way on Guido. So uh, was yeah, he all single good.
0: digit, Casey? He was, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah, there was win three only. three of them at the top where you were. Yeah, if you could have gone for any of those, then you were looking at a win only bet. But yeah, around about seven to one, I think, some that somewhere in, in that region but yeah, he, he putted well enough, didn't he, to, uh, to get the job done. And You know these players, they, they're capable, aren't they? You know, if they? If they go there and uh, and play well enough, they're, they've got to, you know, a different class compared to a lot of these other Is players. Casey playing so. Wentworth? I think he was on the list we Must went through be. yesterday. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he isn't.
0: That'd be a real single-finger salute if he played mm. in Germany and then didn't play in London a few weeks later.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Who do you who
0: do you think will be favourite next week? Clearly, I I you know, I'm sure we'll come up with Rory McIlroy as the favourite, but Casey's mm. going to be fairly close, isn't he? I would feel yeah, based on that win.
1: You know, John Rahm's going to be down there. You know, in in terms of you know, I don't whether whether these players outside of Rory are going to be single figures. I'm not sure, but you know, there's going to be a few of them around about the ten, twelve, fourteen to one bracket, isn't it? Um, which is gonna, as ever, gonna push some of the prices out further down the list. So um, it's gonna gonna be one that the bookies should be attacking as well. So you should see a lot of seven and eight places available next week with any luck. And um, yes, and yeah, hopefully we can dig out a bit of uh, bit of value as well as try and find the winner next week as well.
0: For listeners, Paul, Barry, and myself will be in attendance at Wentworth on the Friday. So. Um, We'll tweet something out or we'll get some messages out there in terms of where we are on the course. If any of you are out there and would like to meet up with us, you're more than welcome. We might even buy you a Pilsner Urquell <laughs> or whatever strong European lager they will have available on the course. Yeah,
1: Very much looking forward to it, actually. The weather, long-term weather
0: doesn't look too bad at the moment. The so field I looks... Ap- I, I can't personally remember a better... BMW field, PGA mm. field, and this. Deep, isn't it? Yeah, and, you yeah, you know, you've yeah. got the three travelling Americans. now, Horschel, and Patrick Reid, is it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it does look good. And, it, you know, we kind of said at the start of the year when we looked at the, the way that the new schedule had kind of pushed a lot of these events to the back end of the year that um, you, you'd hope to get a better... Field for for this and for the Italian Open as well in a few weeks' time, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, thankfully we're starting to see it, aren't we? Starting to see it wash through and the benefits that uh, uh, that these changes to the schedule have had in the European tour. Don't forget, you're Justin Rose next week as well, so he's another one who's going to be right towards the top end of the uh, the betting. So you have got mcelroy Rose, Ram, Francesco molinari as well. So there's going to be a lot of players who are um in that kind of you know just outside the uh, single Stenson? figures Stenson? Stenson's there yeah yeah. Casey as you said Shane Lowry as well mm. um, yeah there's, you know, there's a lot of players that are going to you know the bookies are going to want to ply, pr- price relatively short Tom, Tommy Fleetwood it's, you're quickly going to be getting 50s and 60s 60s on players um, a little bit further down the list who have you know a, a realistic and reasonable chance of making the frame I think so it's going to be an Eric, interesting
0: Eric one. Eric Van to, Ruin kind of player it, yeah, would actually yeah, be at exactly. a reasonable price. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, even a player, even a player like Alex Noron. You know, you'd expect him to be a little bit further down the list this uh, this time. We know what he can do around Wentworth. So, so yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to try and decipher for next week, and uh, fascinating to see what the market looks like when it comes out on Monday lunchtime, or thereabouts.
0: Now we alluded to it at the top of the show. The PGA tour is back. Um it's in an enhanced kind of tournament mode now because they've got uh we're we're playing this clearly the second week of September. Mm. Which may have even been like the B E M W Championship or, or or something like that. It, it was either that or it could have been. It would be two a Championship week, but we're effectively two weeks ahead of where we used to be in ter, terms of action on the PGA Tour. Yeah. So we've got coming up a military tribute at the Greenbrier this week. The Sanderson Farms Championship is next week, which is no longer an alternate event. It's a full five hundred FedEx yeah. cut point event. Should be a better field then. Uh, potentially, although it looks like it's by far the weakest purse. Mm. Safeway Open, Shriner's, Houston Open. So you've got the Greenbrier and the Houston that have come over, come over from um, May and from June, and they're now being played in the fall. CJ Cup, the Zozo Championship, which is this new event that's taking place in Chiba in Japan, the first ever PGO2 event in Japan. That will feature uh, Tiger Woods. That is the week before the HSBC Champions, which takes place uh, October the 31st, which is being run in tandem with a new alternate event in Bermuda. The Bermuda Championship. Mm. Uh, we have lost the CIMB Classic, which used to be played in Kuala Lumpur. That is no more. Uh, and then after that, things start to calm down with the Cobra Golf Classic in uh, Playa de Carmen. And then the RSM Classic on Sea Island. So, by my reckoning... What's that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8... Ten more weeks of golf on the PGA Tour.
1: Yep, will take us all up to, yeah, say the third week of November. So mm.
0: little rest for the wicked.
1: Yep. Then the Presidents' Cup after that, I guess, and then uh, straight back into it in the uh, in the new year.
0: Be fascinating to see, as you said, if the Sanderson Farms actually gets a slightly better field on the basis that it isn't an alternate event this week, this year. Yep.
1: So the the players are going to have to include this on their schedule from the the rules at some point over the next what is it 4 years the the players have to play each of these events so you'd expect um expect some people to start turning up to these uh, these events i guess
0: absolutely and these tournaments are absolutely crucial for the ranking file PGA tour pro, a pro mm. who you know if they can fill their boots and get a top 5 top 7 finish in you know a couple of these relatively small events this side of christmas they're in a very nice scenario in terms of locking up a 125 spot on the FedEx Cup um, standings
1: yeah 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 it done and it's interesting
0: well we were talking about it last week you know the likes of wee Kim's lost his card and Harris English didn't get full playing privileges and there's quite a you know list of players in that bracket they're all playing this week because yeah. the field is weak yeah. It's a big field and it's weak. And I think the PGA Tour are making sure that you know, they're looking after their ranking file members to give them as many opportunities as they can at this time of the year mm. before the better fields come uh, early in 2020. Yeah,
1: they've got no chance
0: of making those fields, have they? So, so yeah,
1: yeah got to make hay while the sun, sun's still shining at the back end of this year.
0: So we have the aptly titled a military tribute at the Greenbrier this week. Which I think basically means that the tournament hasn't got a sponsor. Um, We've got plenty of course history here. It's the old white TPC, it's a par 70. It's played in West Virginia, uh, in White Sulphur Springs, which is a very nice holiday resort, spa town, uh, where plenty of uh, the rich and famous have got holiday homes. Mm. Uh, I think Phil Mickelson's got a spot here, although he's not playing. Uh, Bubba Watson certainly has, and he is playing. I think um, even Roger Federer might use it as a American base when he's playing tennis over in the states. Oh, okay. it's that kind of uh, that kind of place where you've got Gucci and uh, plenty of Ralph Lauren stores on the high street, rather than uh, Kmart. I'd have thought plenty of money. Yeah, plenty it's of cash sloshing about, <laughs> sloshing around. Yeah. <laughs> It's also at altitude Paul. Mm. two thousand feet in the Appalachian Mountains. So the ball does travel further here. Worthy of note, yeah. um, and you can see some corresponding uh, links to players that have done well here, and they play well in places like Phoenix, where you know they are where they are faced with the same issue. Uh, Reno, Tahoe being another one, where that's being played in the desert, of course, at altitude. Yeah. So the ball travels further and that does upset a few who can't work out the calculations or aren't Mm. aren't comfortable with that kind of style of play key tracks that link into this, I think there are definite links to a number Um, I mentioned earlier the CIMB Classic in Kuala Lumpur and if you look at Kevin Na he he won this uh, last year, his second PGA Tour victory in 2018, he's finished second and third in Kuala Lumpur. Yeah. If you look at Xander, Xander has finished third in Kuala Lumpur. Even Danny Lee is a top seven there. So there's a definite link between Kuala Lumpur, which is a short 7,000-yard par 72 tree-lined, over in Malaysia and here. And I can yeah. see that. This is a classical golf course. It's um, an old McDonald and Rayner design. It's a 34-36 split. So the front nine doesn't have a par five. The back nine has both par 5s. Um, it's not overly long by modern standards. Um, it's not overly onerous as well. Very wide fairways. This is, this is worthy of note. You know, we've clearly been playing on some pretty nice tracks of late on the tour. You know, East Lake for the Tour Championship, Medina. Uh, Medina was a long long golf course wasn't it yeah, at yeah. 300 yards the fairways at Medina number 3 were 28 yards wide yeah. now Old White TPC 7-2 in distance 300 yard point off the tee 34 yards wide so we're adding 6 yards in width over Medina we're also adding 9 yards in width over East Lake. yeah
1: yeah, yeah. It'll, feel, it'll feel a lot wider But yeah, of the players who played those uh, tracks it'll certainly feel wider
0: Greens are quite chunky as well. So we're getting closer to seven thousand three hundred yards. It's seven two nine two on the card. But um we're looking at six and a half thousand square feet greens, which for a past seventy is quite they're quite chunky. Yeah. Uh you look at somewhere like uh Colonial, that number's closer to four thousand, or somewhere like um, harbour town
1: Yeah, I guess it's a resort course fundamentally, isn't it, or used as a resort course in terms of and um, it's general use outside of, the, uh, outside of this particular event. So it, it needs to be not too punishing for the, uh, for the average hacker who turns up and plays the track, I guess.
0: I think what you find here as well is that even if you're mid-pack in terms of your greens and regulation numbers, like Kevin Nard was last year, he was 34 for GIR. He was still made 53 of 72 greens. So if you're making over 50 greens and you are a phenomenal putter it opens up a whole world of opportunities. Yeah
1: you're going to have plenty of putts for Birdie aren't you? Just got to make and enough of them.
0: In my preview which clearly is linked to uh, within the uh, within the description box in the podcast for me it's a golf golf course that doesn't pu- overly punish the crooked off the tee so poor drivers can perform well here Um. You've also got a scenario where if you're not the best ball striker in the world, you can be making enough greens to be making enough birdies with your excellent putting to really become a feature. Mm. And when we look at key statistics here, as we do on every tournament, uh, what's Absolutely crystal clear here is that looking at just the old traditional stats, you know, the accuracy, the GIR, proximity to a whole, blah, 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 scrambling. Or if you look at the new strokes gain stats, the number that jumps out at you, which is absolutely critical, is that the winner here since 2010 has had an average putting average number of sixth. And if you take 15, 17 and 18, the last three renewals here on strokes gain merits... The only number that's really jumping out is strokes game putting, where that number is an average of fifth. You have to have a red-hot putter to win yeah. this golf tournament. Yeah.
1: And what do you think the winning score, roughly, is likely to be?
0: There is no wind forecast at all. Mm. I'm talking single-digit gusting. Yeah? yeah. So very, very light breeze. It's tranquil. The word you use in your um, previews, Paul, benign. Yeah. I must start using that more. <laughs> I think we could see 18 under last year. Now, last year the greens got a little bit crusty, a little bit firm, but then they were, it was only 24, 25 degrees in temperature. This year we've got humid conditions, we've got temperatures up to 30 degrees Celsius they are going to have to be forced to water the greens so watered greens we've got firm and fast fairways because there hasn't been a lot of rain in the area yep. and we are going to have soft receptive greens and no wind i think this could be i reckon this could be over 20 under yeah and on a par 70 even we'll on a par, par fives, 70 fives, yeah. even on a par 70 with only eight looks at par 5s yeah so your par 4 scoring is
1: going to have to be pretty strong this week as yeah. well
0: now, I just want to bring to the party here, I have added, you know, we've, uh, I've run for a considerable chunk of time now, uh, an eight-week tracker of key yeah. statistics. I've now added strokes gained into that mix.
1: Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah. So that's story. well
0: worth looking into because, you know, we all look at the PGA Tour website, we look at season-long statistics, you get a view of a player it's not so easy to get a view of how players are doing in terms of in the last eight weeks across specific skill sets. And that's what this allows. So just to be um, up to speed, this goes back to the Barber Soul Championship, which was played alongside the Open. Clearly, no strokes gained information at the Open to mere individuals like ourselves. But if I just take the, the key stats here, uh, strokes gained off the tee, Jason Kokrag is number one in that particular ranking. Uh, strokes gained approach, you might be surprised, that's DJ Traham. Strokes gained around the green, Brandon Grace. Strokes gained T to green, Benny Ann and Sean Stephanie are joint top on that particular cra- category. Um, strokes gained putting, Pat and Gizire, And strokes gained total, I don't think anyone would have guessed this Josh Teeter only mine there's been a couple of alternate events in there, hasn't there and, yeah you, yeah you know these numbers will change and they'll mix It'll be very interesting to see how those numbers change throughout the season. It's a lot of work, takes a lot of time, but it's something that's you know with the Guys, you know, with strokes gained now so important on the PGA Tour, and going to have growing significance on the European Tour now that they're collecting the same information on the European Tour. Mm. Um, it's a it's a step forward for us in terms of strokes gained information. That's all available in this week's uh, pr- uh, in this week's betting preview.
1: Yeah, as you say, it'd be fascinating to see how that changes because um, it is just a short term kind of trend. So. These players that you wouldn't expect to be—I mean, the one that stuck out to me just as you were reading through that—strokes gained putting fifth, Ryan Armour. Now Ryan Armour isn't a putter by any stretch of the imagination, but if his short-term putting strokes gained is is um, starting yeah. to trend in a positive direction, that can give you a, a little look at a you know, potential nugget a little bit further down the list.
0: This is a putting contest, yeah. So I might as well take the time. Kazir is at one. This is the top ten, top ten of strokes gained putting in the last eight weeks. Billy Hurley, two. Bill Haas. I mean, Bill Haas at three. Mm. Peter Uline, We know he's a streaky putter. Five, Ryan Armour, as you said. Six is Sebastian Munoz, who I think will be popular this week. Seven, Sung Jae Im. He's tied with Roger Sloan. Nine, Alex Checker. And ten, Austin Cook, who we know is a prestigious putter. Yeah. Clearly, I don't know who's advising... I don't know who's advising Wyndham-Clark, but this place, when I was just... When I was just going through this and just looking at this tournament, the name Wyndon Clark was just jumping out and banging me with a slab of concrete over the front (laughs) front of the forehead. And guess what? He's not playing. He's he's not even in the list. Not even in the field when it came out on Saturday. I could not believe it.
1: He's working on his 10 somewhere, Steve. He obviously doesn't need the money.
0: Branch Schnedeker just makes you, whether he doesn't like playing at altitude, that could be a reason, I suppose. But I did. I was surprised not to see Wyndham Clark here. Not overly straight off the tee, not the best of ball strikers, although it's been improving, but by God, that guy can putt.
1: Yeah.
0: This place would be perfect for him. Okay. The other angle I've looked at here, this is clearly the first tournament that they play post-Tour Championship. And I just looked historically at what kind of winners we've had of this first event post tour championship. Yeah. So bearing in mind 2010 through 2013 were it was they classified this as the full series. We had Haas 22 to 1, Bill. Kevin Na 60 to 1, 2011. 12 was Ryan Moore at 14s. 2013 was Jimmy Walker's first ever PGA Tour victory at 30 to 1. I was on him that week. Sangmu Bay was one hundred and fifty to one in twenty fourteen, and then fifteen Grio at fifties, sixteen Brendan Steele at fifties, Brendan Steele again in seventeen at thirty threes, and Kevin Tway last year at the Safeway Open, Silverado sixty six to one.
1: Yeah.
0: So no rank outsiders there, and only one of the winners has been in the triple digit category. Just an angle there, which kind of positioned me where I want it to be. Also, none of the winners of of, of this first tournament have been outside the world's top two hundred. Uh, the last uh, Bay was one ninety five. Kevin Tway last year was one thirty eight. Everyone else, kind of around that area, where if you had a good end to the season, you could get into the world's top fifty. Yeah,
1: yeah. Though I was just looking at the numbers earlier. 44th was the lowest up to what, 89, 89th, yeah. so as you say, these players who've got any kind of aspiration of hitting the top 50 by the end of December, um, it's a, it's a decent, uh, decent place to get off to a decent start for the season isn't it, get that uh, OWGR ranking moving in the right direction for these guys.
0: You've also got quite a few Tour Maidens winning both this tournament, but also that first tournament after the Tour Championship. Yeah. So Jimmy Walker was a maiden. Grio was a maiden. He hasn't really gone on from there, has he, Griot? Uh, and also last year, Kevin Tway was a maiden. So I think that angle is quite important. And actually, if we look at the betting market this week, let's start widening it. You know, you've got Bryson DeChambeau, favourite at twelve to one. Next up is Jason Kokrag, who's been backed in from twenties. He's a tour maiden. Our good friend Victor Hovland, who's got himself a full PGA tour card after some very nice performances, but no wins Mm. on the Corn Ferry tour. Best price you'll get on him. I can see him as short as ten to one, Victor Hovland wow
1: it's a, it's a talented lad absolutely oh, just that's a short short price isn't
0: it we then jump I was surprised to see Leishman at 33 to 1 on first show with William Hill
1: Yeah,
0: um, he's actually been lengthened by Ladbrokes to 28 I think that's a great price for someone that's in the top 20, 25 in the world in mm. a, such a weak event but we've, we've then got the likes of Yokin Neiman Sung Jae Im Bubba Watson plays Although, what I've described in terms of a putting contest doesn't really shout bubba to me. Uh, you've then got the likes of Benny Ann, Scotty Scheffler, who's been playing outstanding uh, on the Corn Ferry. You've also got the likes of um, Harold Varner. You've got Bronson Bagoon. And another Tour Maiden that I came very, very close to selecting, but I just don't think he's quite got the putting ability to be able to actually carry out the victory, is Joel Damon. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He cropped up on a few of the uh, stats I was looking at, Joel.
0: Yeah, you know, if you were looking at Maidens that are likely to win, I'd probably mention most of them. Did I mention Benny Ann as well? Benny Ann yeah. plays... Yeah. Now, Benny Ann isn't the greatest of putters, but he's due as well a, a, a tour victory soon, isn't he? He must be. He's, he's been knocking on the door. The Wyndham was the last time he came very close, wasn't it, Benny Ann? Yeah. So there are a lot of players in the mix. You could even go to the likes of Bo Hosler, who you I wouldn't be surprised if you mentioned him later on in the piece. A <laughs> bit of Bo Hosler, um, an absolute putting diva. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's plenty in this field that you could describe as. You wouldn't be overly surprised if they, if they grabbed their first maiden victory this week. No, no. It's that kind of tournament. Um, as I said, I went very close on Joel Damon. I'm just giving you a short list of players that I actually striked off my short list. Um, I also came very, very close on a very streaky putter who has been playing some nice stuff recently, Andrew Landry who's another that I think could just pop up and yeah, poten- yeah, yeah. potentially it's, grab a victory. He, he's already a PGA Tour winner, isn't he? Um, he did, yeah. He won,
1: he won at a big price as well, didn't he? But, uh, Valero Texas he could, Open yeah, that's right. Could last, been last year. And getting over the line,
0: isn't he? Mm. Absolutely. They're, t- they're two that I came very, very close with. Um, Landry and also um, Joel Damon. Now, I've got a feeling this week that there's going to be some very popular players in terms of these maidens. Kokrag's going to be popular. Joaquin Neiman's going to be very popular. I went for a different player, though, in terms of the maiden that I think could, at the top end, that could go and win this. I've gone for Sung Jae Im, who, you know, when you look at statistics and when you read other... Um, views out there people say that im's putting uh, traditionally is the is one of the weaker segments of his game but actually based upon those eight week numbers that i read out Ji im is in the top ten in terms of strokes gain uh, top strokes gain putting yeah he sits in seventh he sits in the top he sits ninth in strokes gain t to green and in terms of strokes gain total he sits third Bearing in mind that Im has played the Wyndham Championship, he's played the Northern Trust, he's played the BMW Championship, and the Tour Championship—three huge tournaments there, featuring the best players in the world.
1: Yeah, decent fields, aren't they? He's uh, it,
0: been decent showing him. Coke Rag um, is at two. Sung Jae Im is at three. So, and Benny Ann is at four in that particular. Um, uh, statistic. So I've gone for him because I think that Sung Jae is likely to get his first PGA Tour victory very, very soon.
1: Yeah, sooner rather than later. I, I, I think so.
0: Um, You know me as well, Paul. I've been very sweet on Yokin Neiman for a long time, since he came onto the scene last year. You know, when he got that 8th at Fort Worth and 6th at Memorial... Um, he was sick at the Texas Open, and didn't have any status on tour. He's a he's a very very clinical player, but yeah. I've sided with him this week because I just think Im. If you compare Im and Neiman, I think Im has had more experience of actually being in the line of fire on a Sunday afternoon, mm. and sometimes that's gone badly for him. Other times he's hung around and he's you know finished third, finished fourth, and I just. Just think that might be a, a slight differentiator over Neiman, who has had a couple of top fives this year, but actually when you look at his, where he started the Sunday, he's normally been off the pace and just shoots a very low round. Yeah. I'd like to I'd like to see Yokin right in the white heat of battle this week and see how he copes with it.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to see him, as you say. In the mix going into the Sunday, rather than just producing this kind of off the pace Sunday effort, which gives him a, a nice looking finish, but actually was he really in the in the mix? Yeah, mm. be nice, nice test for him.
0: It will also be interesting to see how Victor Victor gets on this week, because he clearly from T to green is probably the class of the event. Yeah. Um. It's the putter that lets Victor down. Um, whether he has gained confidence with that putter at the two Corn Ferry starts that he's had. Because if he putts well this week, I think Hovland probably wins. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. at those short prices, I just I can't. It's not for me. Not for me at all. So Sung Jae Im. And the other one at the top of the market that I thought was far too prominent on my statistics... Just from a logical perspective, you think to yourself, well, actually, um, oh, by the way, with him fighting with the likes of Benny Ann for a President's Cup captain pick. Yeah, yeah. that's get, a get big that critical big count.
1: point now, isn't
0: it? Yeah, they've got the, was it four or five? They've got five weeks up until the cutoff at the um, HSBC yes, champion. Yeah, WGC, yeah. Mm. yeah. So you've got Neiman in the mix for that, haven't you? You've got Ben Ann. You've got Brandon Grace who's going to have to fight for a pick. You've got Eric Van Ruin on your on the European tour. There's a long list of players. You know, there's um, Jazz, Jane Wattenand. Quite a few internationals. Even Adam Hadwin.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Fighting for those places. And
1: there's a few of them. That, the likes of Grace, he's been out of form, largely out of form for a while now. So he's Horribly. Not, not, uh, you, know, not you would assume that of Ernie Ells
0: will be looking for any flicker of form from Brandon Grace and he'll yeah. be in the team.
1: Yeah, and he, again, he did pop up very briefly on a few of the little stats that I looked at this week. But you look at his overall form, I I couldn't pull the trigger on him. So,
0: do you know what shocked me about Brandon Grace? Gone. Current OWGR position, eighty second.
1: Is he? Is
0: he? Started yeah. the year forty ninth.
1: Yeah, that's not good for him, is
0: it? No. You know,
1: again, it's still only one decent win away from from getting back into that top 50, but he's not showing the kind of form that suggests it's imminent, really, is he?
0: When you're seeing Brandon Gray's top of strokes gained around the green and nowhere else, that kind of tells you that he's spending quite a lot of time not on the green.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's... I I think that's probably where he popped up on the stats I looked at, because I I think it was probably the putter which had improved, which kind of got me a little bit interested, but... um, he, you know, Brandon Grace has has got much more game than that, and overall, he's just not been
0: there, is it? What is clear is that Brandon Grace will need to be playing lots of golf. Mm. Now, whether he chooses to do that on the uh, in America or whether he chooses to do that on the European Tour, I'm not sure. I don't recall his name being on the Wentworth list.
1: Yes, yeah, no, he's he's
0: playing. Wentworth. Oh, he is playing Wentworth. Yeah, yeah oh, okay. So he's got to play plenty of golf to mm. to, to clearly. Yeah. Get Ernie Els's President's Cup pick.
1: Exactly. I and mean, if he plays some of these bigger European tour events, then you know he's got to go well in them. But they've got enough clout, haven't they, as, as events to to, to to see him rise up the OWGR list mm. for a start and raise
0: his head above the parapet in terms of Els, as you say. So I've gone for him. The player I was describing was Mark Leishman. Yep. And I had a tweet last night... Um, I had a very good tweet. Um, I will read out the guy's name in a minute once I found it. But uh, he said to me that um, he he'd seen a very close link in terms of course correlation between both Kuala Lumpur, which I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, the top of the piece rather, but also from um, with Riviera which yeah. is the event they play in uh, Los Angeles. It's Jack Hawkins, uh, at nose for the job on Twitter. A keen, uh, keen punter and a keen uh, DraftKings player. He said, good luck, Steve. I'm big on Leishman this week. There, think there could be a CIMB link with the last three winners. Also Genesis, so Riviera. That form interests me with Nar Zander. And if you look at Mark Leishman, a winner last year in Kuala Lumpur, and also a couple of top five finishes at Genesis, the Riviera. And as we've seen, trends do change. Yes, his, his OWGR actually doesn't fit in with the, the numbers we were talking at uh, earlier. But he's 24th in the in the official World Golf rankings. And if you actually look at his last three outings on the start after the FedEx Cup playoffs, he's finished. Uh, where let me get crack this get this out. Fifth at the twenty sixteen CIMB, second at the twenty seventeen CJ Cup, and first at the twenty eighteen CIMB Classic. This is his kind of this is his time of year.
1: Mm. Bio rhythms and all that.
0: Those last two wins have come at twenty-three under and twenty-six under. And actually, I think to myself, a guy that sits in the top. 20 of my rolling gir number for eight weeks so he's he's hitting lots of greens he's very crooked off the tee so that's not a factor here um so hitting tons of greens and we just know he's a streaky very strong putter who um is just as effective on bent grass or bermuda grass pure greens he's an absolute um, diva of a putter I can also see a link here, believe it or not, with Augusta, because Kevin Nye's got a couple of top 12s at Augusta. Xander Schofley, second this year at Augusta. We've got Angel Cabrera, who's won this in 2014. Yeah. yeah. Jonas Blix won here in 2013. Well, Jonas Blix finished runner-up.
1: Yeah, he did, yeah. To
0: Jordan Spieth at Augusta a few years ago. And Mark Leishman, we know, has come um, a couple of decent top five finishes at Augusta over the years. So I can see that with Leishman as well. So I've gone at the top end, two points each way, both on Leishman at 25s. There is a little bit of 28 out there now. And Sung Jae Im at 28. If you were having a bet at the towards the top end of the market, Paul, was there any name that jumped out on you? With the
1: the one I said to, to you right at the start when I was pulling together some of the stats for the predictor model this week was Mark Leishman. Um, mm. I think statistically he's the closest fit um, to this particular event. And as you say, in terms of putting, he's a very capable putter and um, the buyer rhythms all seem to fit as well. Um, I hadn't had a punt down that uh, that, that part of the, uh, the market, but uh, he was the one who... Stuck out the most. So, so, yeah, I think you're likely to be on the right kind of path there with Leishman.
0: In my mind, I don't think Leishman will be sitting on his hands just waiting for the season to peter out. He hasn't had a win this year. And also, again, as we keep saying, the President's Cup is in December in Australia. He will want to be hitting his straps arriving at that event. It's going yeah. to be very important. I mean, it's at Royal Melbourne. It's going to be important for him to put on a very, very strong show. Effectively... You can't call it a major, but you know it'll be the biggest event that's happened in Australia in terms of golf for a long long time yeah. he won't want to end up getting trashed at the president's cup and taking home no points will it no
1: no no no. no I can see him uh, see him out in a decent autumn um for that very reason so, so yeah I can I, I fully understand now and why you've gone down that route so we shall see.
0: I think if Bryson plays the way he did at the to Tour Championship, yep, you could see him walking this as well. I just still think with Bryson, all of the the Ferrari about the pace of play and the the whole antics that that kicked off in the FedEx Cup playoffs might have just slightly derailed his equilibrium, equilibrium a little bit. So I stayed away from that. If Hovland puts well, I think he's going to be a huge factor as well. Triple-digit punts. I've got a couple of those as well. A guy that's very, very quiet, but actually he's playing some really nice golf at the moment, is a, an individual by the name of Adam Schenk. I've got him a point each way, 100 to 1 with 8 places each way available with Paddy Power. And Schenk has finished 6th at the John Deere Classic, 18th at the Barbasol, and 24th at Northern Trust in his last four outings. Damn. Uh, Hails from Indiana, which basically um, is just a few hundred miles to the west of West Virginia. 43rd for birdie average last season, 33rd for strokes game putting, and 10th for putts from 15 to 20 feet. A key converting distance is absolutely fantastic from 15 to 20 feet. I think Schenck could be the kind. He had three top seven finishes last year, Jackson Country Club all last season, TPC San Antonio, and that uh, John Deere Classic finish of sixth, which um, I think Schenck's the kind. that He absolutely gives me a full house statistically, both in terms of the birdies that he can produce and that, that all-round strong putting, strokes game putting and those distance putts that I'm looking for, can keep converting distances. So, Schenk had to go in for me. And the last one, which is a bit more of a... Uh, as I was writing up the tip, as you know, Paul, he was he was 200 to 1 in a place, and I just yeah. absolutely loved the price. That got swallowed up about 10 minutes before uh, we went live. So, in the end, I went eight places each way, again with Paddy Power 50 odds, at 125s with, he's on fire, Patton Kizaya, who, again, is showing something, I think. Yeah, 34th knows, at that's the, a good part. Well... 34 34 foot 3 m open. He started with an opening 6-under-65. He closed with the 5-under-66. Then he went on to the John Deere Classic where he shot 5-under-65 and then a uh, 6-under... That should be a 5-under-66, by the way. 5-under-66 and a 6-under-65 to be third going into the weekend at the John Deere Classic. Mm -hmm. And one thing we know about Keziah is... From January through to about September, he doesn't do a lot on the PGA Tour. But throw him in in August or January in Hawaii or somewhere like that, or on the West Coast, he gets results. There's a whole list of results, like second at Summerlin, fourth at Summerlin, second at Silverado, where he's come from absolutely nowhere and played really nicely. And of course, first at Mayakoba and first at the Sony Open in 2017 and 2018. This kind of resort style test where he can shoot anything 17, 18, 19 under, I just think Kizat fits as we know putting lights out. Um, he can hit if he can hit anywhere over 70, 72 percent of GIR this week, he could be a real um, a real player that can get in the mix. I think Pat and Kizai, and there are signs that something is boiling with the with the talented individual. I think Kizai, so I've gone Kizai. Shenk, and then at the short prices Im and Mark Leishman who are you gone for at a big price
1: I think you've um I, th- I think you've mentioned all of the players that I've fancied I've backed two actually I have backed Joel Damon um and uh you and I haven't discussed it but for pretty much the same reasons that you you ran through before um and kind of eventually scrubbed him off your list but um, i've mm-hmm. given him a chance I, I took 90 to one um yeah, with five places one. yeah i i there are some much shorter prices about me it's as short as 50 to one in places and um if you're going for extended each way places you're probably only going to get 66 at best but um I've, I've been a bit greedy gone for 90 he's taken five places and see how he gets on but fifth here last year and third for greens in regulation last year 81.9 percent. so clearly from from his approach play it suited his eye and there have been signs uh, recently he's getting um, his irons back up to speed um, at the BMW Championship he was uh, his iron play looks really strong third after day one with a 66 um, he shot 67 and 69 the week after 65 to open or the week before rather at the uh, at the Northern Trust, 65 to open at the Wyndham Championship before that as well. So there's just these snippets of decent form um, and decent rounds that he's popping in every now and again. I'll also be interested to see what price I can get on the first round leader market with him as well. Yeah, um, He's been first round leader three times
0: already this season. Yeah, and he, he fired at the BMW, didn't he? Top, I think right. he got an each way spot in the first round. Yeah, it was market. third off day one. Yeah, mm, yeah, sixty-sixty
1: yeah. 60 shot. Um, and yeah. say th- three times in twenty nineteen, he's been the outright yeah. first round leader. There's only three or four firms up with prices at the moment, and yeah. 66 is the best. But if we get north of that, and um, when the tee times come out, um, that might be a market to have a play with. Yeah, uh, he's with a very Joel good Daniel. first
0: round leader chance. So I'm yeah, with you on that one hundred percent.
1: Um, A few others have caught my eye. Um, Harry Higgs, who looks like a decent putter, won the price cutter on the Corn Ferry a few weeks back, 125-1. to Grayson Murray, he's shown some good progressive form on the uh, the Corn Ferry as well, same price, 125s. Brendan Todd, um, who was second a few weeks back and has got some decent form in this... Uh, event as well but the one I have backed and again you alluded to and uh, guessed before we've even discussed it. <laughs> Bo, Bo Hostler, yeah 100 to 1 I couldn't I couldn't not take Bo hustler on a track that's gonna gonna appeal to the better putters out there 100 to 1 I thought was uh, well worth the risk I mean so far and um, he's been running up five times in um, the respective uh, tours that he's played and competed in so so far, twice on the uh, PGA Tour in recent times at the Travelers Championship behind Barber. He w- lost that playoff to in Poulter at Houston. You remember, and uh, that was only where Poulter absolutely uh, the putter just absolutely went mad, didn't it?
0: He was yeah. just making everything. Oh yeah, um, he should be a PGA Tour victor, really. Yeah, it should have been. Should have been absolutely.
1: Um, but he's an excellent putter and. Mm. Um, yeah, he's second again recently to Scotty Sheffler at the nationwide championship um last month. So he's in some decent form as well, and I thought for hundreds one with a player that seems to fit the bill. I'll give that a stab this week. But yeah, they're the off back Joel Damon and uh, Bo Hosler with a, a one eye on what the first round leader market looks like. I wouldn't put
0: for anybody Joel. off either of those. I had a very serious stare at Damon. And the fact of the matter is here, Keegan Bradley's um we've got uh, we've also got the likes of Damon last year, as you said, Harold Varner the third, you've got Xander I mean to be fair he's just he, he's just elite class elite ball striker and elite um putter as well, but you do Jamie lovemark you do get strong ball strikers that can also um that can also compete around here. but ultimately they get just pipped by a better putter on the on the weekend, yeah yeah but yeah. I mean,
1: I noticed that he putted in the kind of 1.7s for his last couple of starts. Which, um, if his ball striking That's and his, his greens are, you know, as strong as they possibly can be, then that may be close to good enough. Um, he's yeah. going to have to putt better than than uh, the normal, but but yeah, it's uh, given given that he finished top five last year, I thought it was worth a worth a stab. And, and then, as I say, first round leader could be the trick as well. We shall see.
0: Right, KLM Open. Mm,
1: yeah, off to your Holman.
0: assignment for the week.
1: Indeed, another new track to contend with. The mm. international actually, we've got a few new tracks coming up over the next few weeks. We've got Wentworth and Dunhill Links the next two weeks, which we, uh, which we know about. Then the Spanish Open, which goes, but it's not a new track. It goes back to the Club de Campo in Madrid, which hasn't been played by my estimation since 1996 and then off to Rome the week after for the Italian Open, which um, Ian Poulter last won on that track back in two thousand and two. So there's going oh, to have wow. to be some, have to be some archives dug through um, once we've got through Wentworth and the Daniel links. But uh, some good events certainly coming up on the. Uh, on the European tour over the next few weeks. But yeah, this week, um, the assignment is the international. It was used for the Dutch Senior Open um, in 2013 and 14. It was only opened in 2012. Um, 2013, Simon Brown won at three under in a very heavily weather-affected tournament um, that got cut down to two rounds for the seniors. Ian Woosner who designed the course, won the year after in 2014, um, 11 under over three rounds. And just reading, really I mean, we've got very little to go on, as you as you know, with the European tour, and um, particularly with events that are new. Um, the detail and data and um, analysis is sparse. Yeah, it's patchy. Yeah, it Apache? yeah I, I'm trying to think of some polite words to use for it. Um, it's um so, so yeah, you, you kind of you're trying to dig as many. Um, small snippets of information out as you possibly can. But going back to those two events and reading some of the um, some of the interview transcripts from the players who played in those senior opens, they they described it as a tough track. Um, both times it was played in tough, windy conditions. Even more so in twenty thirteen when it eventually got cut down to two rounds, as I say. Um, but um, generally, I think it's going to be one of these layouts that's going to be more. Kind of open to the weather and to weather affected or not weather affected as the case may well be this uh, this year. But yeah, if you're trying to dig through, trying to find some stats to help you this this week, then good luck to you. Uh, the course itself, as I said, is a and design. It sit next sits next to Amsterdam Airport. It's listed as a par seventy three at six thousand nine hundred sixty six yards, which is particularly short for a track in modern times. Anyway, let alone a par seventy three. I wow. take all of that with a pinch of salt and um, we've seen a lot of new events or new new tracks listed on the European Tour that then have something very different as their actual playing uh, how they actually played in the end this is this is actually how it played for the seniors 73-69-66 so um, we shall see how it uh, actually pans out if it is that and plays it as it's described. Then it has five par fives of between 506 and 559 yards, so all relatively short. Five more sub 400 yard par fours. Um, but yeah, I don't don't put all your eggs in one basket and, and rely on that data. I would be not in the remotest bit surprised to see a different yardage and par played this week when um, push comes to shove which we'll see I mean, it's an un- exposed undulating track anyway we can see what it looks like it's wide ish fairways 30 to 40 yards and um, generally the fairways are reasonably reasonably wide large greens it looks to me like a second shot course I think you're going to be able to find fairways relatively easily I think you need to find the right parts of fairways to give yourself the best chance of approaching these greens and I think the greens on and around the greens going to be the trickiest part of this test this week now an exposed track um, in Holland which is clearly very low in terms of the um, in, in terms of sea level anyway um it's going to be very much relying on the weather so these events that were played a few years back on the seniors they were both windy there's not a great deal of wind in the forecast this week that I can see Thursday may get up to 15 miles an hour in the afternoon that looks to be the peak it looks to be dropping and by the weekend it's going to be sub 10 miles an hour it's going to be s- dry sunny 70 fahrenheit it's probably going to be prime birdie making um period of time over the weekend so i don't think the players are going to be describing it as particularly tough this week and um, but yeah there's i guess there's not a great deal more to go on than that there's uh, we, we know the the uh, the greens are bent grass and we know the fairways are quite wide we know the greens are quite large and undulating looking back at the history of the KLM Open seven of the last winners had a top 10 in the last five starts so coming into this event historically with some recent contending form seems to be positive. positive four of the same nine had a top five finish at the KLM Open at one of its re- previous tracks before going on to win here Um, But again, you're dealing with different tracks that have been used um, over the last um, sort of 10, 15 years. The last three years have been played at the Dutch, which um, was a move from the the previous uh, venues at Hilversum and um, Canemar as well. So if you're looking back historically, there'll be a bit of a mix and match of venues in your history. So should you put too much reliance on those results i'm, I'm not entirely sure, sure you should really uh, last couple of winners have been pretty um long prices and Wu, who we picked up last year 125 to one lovely result that was who'd shown a little bit of form the, re, the week before and had some kind of under the radar form at the klm open previously and without it kind of slapping you around the face 125 to one was a cracking result uh, Romain Vatel, the Frenchman, the, the year before, one hundred and seventy-five to one. It's a two long price winners over the last couple of years, but again, we've moved to a new track this uh, this year. So, you know, can can you put a lot of credence in that? Uh, it's kind of the route I've gone down. For me, I've, I think is it's a week to attack the longer prices, but uh, we shall see what kind of player is going to win. I think there's probably two. Two types of player. I th- I don't think length is going to be um, that much of a consequence this week from off the tee. Um, I can see that the par fives are going to be you know very attackable for the longer players, but you know if you're getting a par five that's just over five hundred yards, then the whole field should be having a pop at that. Um, that. That shouldn't shouldn't alienate anyone. And for me, it's either going to be an accurate type who can maximise their greens in regulation by plotting their way around the track or a player who's a bit more aggressive but with a magical short game who can uh, can, can work out how to get up and down around these uh, tricky surfaces and then clearly make enough putts on these bent grass greens when they get a chance to do so. Um, I'll just go through the market very quickly and then we'll talk about the players that I've backed. Uh, Patrick Reid heads the market. It's good that actually Patrick... He stayed over again for another week. And again, he's in the field for next week as well. So he's having a, a proper European Tour uh, stint right now. He's the favourite again. A little bit of 9-1 to one out there. Uh, Thomas Peters, 14-1. to one. Sergio's here, 16-1. to Joost Loughton, 16-1. to one, Who's a couple of uh, KLM Open titles in his, in his pocket already. Matt Wallace, who didn't play particularly well in his last start either 18 to one mike lorenzo vera who has been playing some nice stuff 18 to one for mike lorenzo vera i again looking at my initial early shortlist you know mlv he was one of the players that was there but i i'm seeing seeing prices barry likes him doesn't
0: he barry likes him yeah he does
1: yeah and and you know, had he been at a backable price, I'd have liked him this week. But I can't go close to him at 14, 16, a no. you know, little bit of eighteen to one out there. Martin Kimer eighteen to one as well. Again, as short as twelve to one in places. Lee Westwood at similar kind of price. Oh, Martin
0: Kimer shown recently to be twelve to one with Paddy Power? <laughs> That's, uh, he couldn't even get close at the Barracuda Championship on the on an alternate event in the states when I tipped him up. Yeah,
1: There's nothing. No, near, not for me. It? No, not for me. Hollow. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you know they've they've got to put him in a price. They they want to duck him. All the bookies have ducked him in case he does do something. But wow. the, I, I I don't. There won't be many people I don't think going near Martin Klima at that kind of no. price. There needs to be a little bit more justification to be putting your hand in your pocket. I think. No. Yeah, for me, looking at the the prices of the last couple of winners and the fact it's a nude track and it's you know you, you know there's no guarantee that these top players are all going to. Or any of them are going to take to the to the course on uh, competitive debut so i've gone a bit further down the list and each of the players i've gone for if you get an each way place out of them that's going to be the equivalent of getting a win only on one of the players that are kind of the top eight top ten in their market so we'll try and uh, we we'll try and make our money back that way and I've gone for five in total the shortest of which or shortest of whom is uh, Romain Roman Wattel who as we've just discussed, is a former KLM Open winner, won in twenty seventeen. Um, eighty to one. I got on him yesterday. Um, he's been nibbled in a little bit. There's still some prices out there with some extended places. And so. um, first and fifth uh, at the KLM Open in the past, flanked by six missed is very much hit, or, very much hit or miss at this event. And um, but you know, for a player, he's, fr- he's kind of French, price, Paul.
0: He's French. Y- yeah, None of them yeah. are consistent.
1: Yeah, I well, there's there's not that many consistent players. Full stop, is there? When you when you look at this kind of level of uh, event, but but yeah, he's um, he's inconsistent. He's struggling early season. His new coach, he rebuilt his swing. He missed a lot of cuts. Twelve out of thirteen cuts, I counted that he missed. But then there was a spark of life at the Scottish Open. He led after the first round with a sixty three. Uh, ended up finishing 20th, and, but clearly after 13 or 12 out of 13 missed cuts, he'd been a little bit um, unused to the uh, to the spotlight, being asked to, asked to uh, feature in interviews and, uh, you know, the, these things that happen when you suddenly spring back to life. So uh, mm. the Scottish Open was a, a step in the right direction, 14th in Prague, and then sixth last week in Hamburg, he finished with rounds of 67-64. His long game looked in great shape. And crucially for me, with someone like Watel, he was sixth for putting. Um, when he won a couple of years ago, won this a couple of years ago, he'd shown some significant improvement with the putter the week before at Cran souciere and then went on to win. And I remember listening to the interview afterwards and he, he just said, basically, I've found some confidence, happy with the putting stroke, can make some putts, and you know, hey, presto, went and won the KLM Open. Last week, sick for putting is a big step forward for what else. So 80 to one I was quite happy to take him on um, with, as I say, with, with an each-way price that will give you a very similar kind of return to uh, to win bets on one of the players at the top of the market. Um, another four, then Jamie Donaldson's one that's caught the eye, 100-1 to one yeah. this week. Um, he's, uh, again, another player who's kind of gone off the boil some of it was self-inflicted. You remember he had that uh, chainsaw accident, which laid him low for a while. Um, he had wrist surgery earlier this year, so he's been recovering from both of those. Okay, back in the day, Jamie Donaldson was a cracking player, wasn't he? You know, yeah, he yeah. won that, won the, um, won the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles twenty four. He hit the, uh, hit the final shot, which we've seen replayed many a time. Um, yeah, at that point then, he was bang in the middle of the kind of top 20 uh, world rankings. He was, he was a top-quality player, but it's all, all drifted down. At one point, he was outside the top 1,000 in the world, so that shows you how far he's had to go back down to start coming back up. But
0: uh, He's definitely in the ascendancy now, though, isn't he? And you just know with Donaldson that uh, when he's going to be contending and getting the, in contention like he has been of late, um, he's the kind that will and can get over the line
1: yeah absolutely he's mm. three time European tour winner li-
0: I like this tip a lot
1: yeah it's, it's certainly been some positive signs and again mm. listening to some of his interviews when he came back from the most recent wrist surgery he wasn't able to swing 100% he was kind of feeling his way back into his game there were there's some thought th- swing thoughts swing, swing changes that he'd been working through And it all started to click. Ninth at the Scottish Open was when it started to to really start to come together. He shot 63 in one of his rounds in Sweden. He opened with 65 at cranstor Sorcier on his last start. Um, I think coupled with the form that's clearly improving, his ball striking's improving, he's talked about how his game actually is in a much better shape and place than the results that have actually been uh, written down on paper at the end of the week. So I think he feels good about his game. Got a couple of top five finishes at the KLM Open in the price uh, in the past as well. So for me, as you said, for a player that you know is well capable and actually compared to a lot of this field, take the top six or eight out of the field, and there's not many better than Jamie Donaldson um, in terms of their overall capability. I thought hundreds of one was a price that just had to be taken.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, three more. Ashley Chester's at hundred to one. I've backed Chester's before on tracks where I think that one of the routes to success will be, um, or one potential route to success is by kind of pushing uh, greens in regulation, accuracy greens in regulations, ac- accuracy. That's that's the type he is. Um, he led uh, driving accuracy at Crans Sierra He's strong at greens in regulation in Germany in his last start. Critically though, with Chester's and this stat, I. Occasionally you look at a stat and it just makes your eyebrows raise. This one, my eyebrows were nearly popping off the top of my head. Third for putting average in Germany. That's his best stat as a professional. I went back through all of his data. Best ever putting um, performance relative to the field. And that's not his game. Ashley Chester is not a putter. But if the putter's warm, away you go. I talked about uh, and Wu and his kind of understated form in the Caleb Open coming into last year, which he went on to win. Ashley Chester's 60th and 28th. And again, like Wu, last year was top 10 going into the weekend um, 12 months ago. So he should feel quite comfortable in this part of the world as well. So mm. again, 100 to 1, uh, quite happy to take that. Uh, Padre Harrington, who is going to find that his workload changes significantly for next week as the Ryder Cup qualifying starts but this week I think he could be free rolling into this event I think we've still got to give Paddy some respect again he played a lot of golf over in the States you remember he came back over on what looked to be relatively poor form a couple of years ago and then won the Portugal Masters from seemingly from absolutely nowhere I think these when he feels comfortable in the surroundings and when he feels um you know like it's a step down in terms of class, I think he's still competitive. Um and I thought 125 to 1 was disrespectful really. Again, he the real work will start for Paddy next week. Um this qualifying campaign for the for the Ryder Cup for the Europeans starts at Wentworth next week and runs all the way through to Wentworth next year. So it will start and finish at uh at the BMW PGA Championship. So it'll add a bit of spice to both next week's event and the, the one in a year's time as well. Um, but clearly, what tends to happen with these Ryder Cup captains is once it, they get into the swing of it, their form just drops off a cliff completely. Yeah. The focus yeah, yeah. is elsewhere. Um, and uh, you know the, the, the result they get in any particular event is pretty incidental. This week, there's no pressure. Everything kicks off from next week. I think he'd go out there free-rolling this week and... Um, and, and do something quite uh, quite dramatic. And going back to his old Dutch Open form, ninth and 3rd back in the years when he used to play the European Tour quite a lot. He came over last year and finished 5th at the Dutch. 12th last week um, in Germany. His all-round game looked particularly solid. So I, get, I, I could see no reason to, to scrub him off my list at 125-1. to one. And finally, a, pl- a, a price... That I don't tend to go quite this deep down, but uh, I picked matthew nixon up at 400 to 1 yesterday for a small speculative and i mean speculative punt on the young englishman who um is it again one of these short accurate types who actually should be well suited to this track i mean the problem with nixon the reason he's 400 to 1 is he's had a pretty terrible year he hasn't had a top 10 actually since october last year Currently sits outside the top 200 in the race to Dubai. So if he's going to retain his card the conventional way, he needs to put his finger out rapidly. Um, But there have been some small signs of life. Um, In Prague, he shot 67 on the Friday, which was amongst the best in the field on that particular day. He closed with 66-66 in Sweden the week after, which was impressive. He missed the cut last week in Germany, but he shot 68 on the Friday, which once again was amongst the very best Uh, rounds out there on the day it was only the fact that he'd had such a terrible round the day before that uh, meant he still missed the cut now he's got a couple of missed cut oh sorry he's got a couple of top 20 finishes at the Kalem open from his last four starts so he's clearly quite comfortable in the area and if he's going to attempt to make his card or keep his card he's going to have to really get moving very very quickly and for me this is one of the tracks that actually suits him far better, or should on paper suit him far better than, than those that are coming up over the next few weeks. So um, he should be earmarking this as one of his real target events to go well and perform at. And yeah, 400 to 1 was the reward. it has been nibbled in a little bit again um, over overnight, but there's still some very strong three-figure prizes available for Matthew Nixon if you fancy following that one in this week. But yes, a speculative five this week to see how how we get on. Hopefully, uh, get an each way place or two out of them, or maybe even a winner. You never know. I do
0: like the do- I do like the Donaldson uh, look. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's the he, sort. He was it uh, was it was firmly on my list at the back end of last week before before the prices came out, and I was I was pleasantly surprised to see a three-figure price about Jamie Donaldson. I must say.
0: He's, um, surprised. he's different gravy, isn't he? You know, an ex, top twenty-five in the world kind of player who's clearly on the ascendancy. Yep, hmm.
1: moving in the right direction.
0: Paul, thank you for your time. Much yep. appreciated. Best of luck this week. Best of luck to you. And uh, we will be back, of course, next week for our BMW PGA Championship. We'll try and get Barry on if, if at all possible. Although he might be winging his way. The Irish Sea into the UK, and uh, we'll also have the Sanderson Farms or Sanderson Farms Championship on the PGA Tour. Thank you for your list. Thank you uh, for listening. And if you could leave us an iTunes review, that'd be absolutely fantastic. Thank you, goodbye.